You know, I feel a little bit like I, um, I failed the church uh, recently. There was a call for a gathering at our capital here, and it's less than 25 minutes away. But uh, there have been bad bills that have been coming here. I mean, it's stunning when you read of them, and I'm not going to go into detail, but basically the state of California is joining others in believing that they know better for the children of California than the parents do. And there are a slew of bills and the legislature is still in session until the middle of September. We need to pray. By the way, Tim Schmidt is uh, with Brandon Campbell in Wheatland this week, Sunday through Wednesday. And Brandon, of course, you know, took my place at the Capitol and he is doing an excellent job. So this last, this last Monday, there were over a thousand uh, parents, grandparents, God's people were there and taking a stand. It doesn't matter all that much to so many in the legislature. In the legislature, we need to pray that they get rocked. When I say that, I don't mean people stoning them, but they understand there's something that takes place that they understand that there is a God in heaven. But that also needs to be bound with this, that we understand there's a God in heaven. Amen? We're going to be starting a series this morning. It won't be a long one, but I pray that it will be a blessing in times like these. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this time, indeed, I pray that you would help us to recognize there is very much a role for your people in times like these. We look at history, we look at biblical history, and we see where your people took a stand for righteousness for you in times that are mirrored like what is going on today. It's important. It comes to us because of your will, your sovereign will, and your commands. So I pray that we would have, Lord, the, the, the willingness to be used by the God that loves us so. Thank you for these folks that are here. Lord, we love them. Pray for them. Lord, so thankful for them. We have much that's coming up this fall. Lord, I pray that you would move in our midst. I think of the meetings we're going to be having with Rich Tozier, the two-minute warning that's coming up. And then thus just the, the, the week-by-week representation and opportunity that we have to identify with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, Lord, may we have your wisdom 
And like I pray so many times, Lord, save me from myself. Save us from ourselves. Our fleshly ways are are bent to sinning. Lord, we love you. May that be seen. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I've been reading a book. It doesn't have a very good title to it. It's called Dark Future, written by Glenn Beck. You know, and I've been listening to him a little bit. I've been watching him a little bit, and there's a few others as well. You know, honestly, I hurt for him. Remember when Rush Limbaugh was around? And so many times we prayed, Lord, save him. Now, I don't know if he got saved or not. I believe there's a good possibility that he did. His brother, David Limbaugh, dynamite Christian. I've got a couple of his books. But Glenn Beck is caught up in the Mormon cult. And when you are in a works religion, there is no hope because you have no hope if all you're trying to do is please God by what you can do. You can't do it. We understand that. But in that book, Dark Future, he builds on what he wrote uh, in time past. He's done a good job outlining some things. I have to admit that. And he and this other fellow that helped him with the book, they've done much in digging in on what is going on, who is moving where, et cetera, et cetera. You know, while wicked men like George Soros and now his son who has been appointed by him, while wicked men are doing their best to destroy America, and that's exactly what he's doing, there are men like a man by the name of Klaus Schwab. They are seeking to bring a great reset. Now, he said that. And that great reset winds up coming into a great narrative, a new narrative. What he doesn't realize is he is preparing this world for the Antichrist. I believe it. You read it enough, you understand it, and you see what's going on, and I believe that you'll come down on it as well. Folks, we are in the last days. Let's live like that. I know there are others that have come along and said, well, you know, the Lord's coming on May whatever, you know, 1862. I'm not there. I'm not here to be a date setter. But we need to understand the times. And in times like these, there are calls to God's people to live up to what God has commanded. Jacob's trouble is coming. Now, meanwhile, patriotic Christians are livid because indeed there are people that are taking this country over without even firing a shot. Why? Because of the people that are in places of power. 
political, educational, in the media, you hear more and more stuff like this. There's something here called ESG. That stands for Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance. Basically, it's a social credit score. They started out with a big time in China. It is going around the world. And this is the way that they will use it. If you are a good little citizen, you'll get privileges. If you are not a good little citizen, you might not be able to fly. That's not there yet, but they're working towards it. You will be watched for how you spend your money. See, we're going from the dollar to the digit. And these things are going to be watched. Folks, they already are. Trudeau up in Canada, he saw the truckers that were trying to shut down, you know, this thing about taking the shot. And like a good little Hitler said, all right, I'm going to shut down your bank accounts. And he did it. And they couldn't get their money. Think about it, folks. Now you say, well, you know, this, this isn't going to, this isn't going to, uh, uh, you know, go. There are hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of major corporations and smaller ones that are going all in. They are absolutely all in. It's not just media. It's Bank of America. It's Goldman Sachs. It's all over the place. Now, before you start thinking, oh, man, thanks, preacher. I wanted to come here and get encouraged. You will be. You will be. But I'm trying to tell you something. This is what is going on. I mentioned the Great Reset. Now, again, that was called, it's called the Great Reset, not by a right-wing conspiracy, but by Klaus Schwab himself. He's the one that's head of the World Economic Forum. Here is his statement, word for word. COVID lockdowns may be gradually easing, but anxiety about the world's social and economic prospects is only intensifying. There is good reason to worry. A sharp economic downturn has already begun, and we could be facing the worst depression since the 1930s. But while this outcome is likely, it is not unavoidable. To achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp, listen carefully, all aspects of our societies and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions. Folks, words mean things. Every country from the United States to China must participate and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. 
Now, again, in case you think, wow, you know, this guy, he's over in the corner someplace and he's spouting all this stuff. He said this to major leadership, political, economic, uh, corporate, educational, from people around the world. He made that statement to people, including people that were there representing the United States. Folks, it's happening. It's happening. Then there's this thing come along called artificial intelligence. Some might look at somebody that you know and think, boy, you know what? They could use some artificial intelligence right now because the natural, artifi- art, the natural intelligence ain't doing a good. No. But it's dangerous. Many speak of AI. Now, this is, this is what I have found interesting. Many speak of AI, artificial intelligence, as a unit. You listen to them talk, and it's almost like it's all centrally located, which it is, although it's being fed literally from around the world. Not going to go into it right now. Now, I have a belief, and if you don't follow this, that's fine. If you think I'm nuts, that's fine. But I have listened to how they talk about this. And I personally believe that AI is going to eventually evolve into the beast. And it will be given by the false prophet life. And it is going to go after people that do not worship the Antichrist. That's for another day. We're not going to get into that, but I believe, again, this is how close we are, just for what it's worth. But there is something interesting about AI and their proponents, or its proponents. There's a man by the name of Yuval Noah Harari. He's a Jewish fellow, known for being a contributor and speaker at Klaus Schwab's gathering the World Economic Forum. He is a big-time promoter, again, of artificial intelligence. And he believes that it has great opportunity to write a new religious book. It's amazing how he doesn't go after this particular fella. He doesn't go after you know, what anything that has been written by Islam or in his, you know, for Islam. But he loves going after God's word. During a recent forum, not too long ago, he was in this forum called AI and the Future of Humanity. He said this, it's the first technology ever that can create new ideas. You know, the printing press, radio, television, they broadcast, they spread the ideas created by the human brain, by the human mind. But AI can create new ideas. It can even write a new Bible. He said that because he believes there is need for correct religions, Throughout history, he went on to say, 
Religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity. And this man believes that artificial intelligence will become a new God and give us that book. Now, that's what's going on right now. Stop and consider it. Now, there's another thing that we need to realize, that while these things are taking place, surely God's people will rise up and declare the God of heaven and, you know, and say, you know, we're, we're not going that route, but there's a problem. The Bible tells us that in these times, much of professing Christianity will be powerless. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Because so many people are in the religion of get, not the religion of God. Therefore, we have a problem. The Bible warns us that false gospels and false Christs and false spirits will abound as we're going to be seeing on Sunday nights in the near future. In short, in times like these, I see wicked men creating wicked times that stress people to the breaking point. It breaks my heart time and again to hear about murder-suicides. Literally, this last week, literally around the corner from our house, there were people that got into an early morning road rage and one wound up dead. Both vehicles were destroyed in an accident just right where I ride my bike. So sad. People are stressed enough today that there's anger, there's contempt for each other. My wife and I consider as we drive certain places, okay, what's the day today? Oh, today is the cut in front of the person in front of you day. Oh, this this is a, have you seen the day it's the, I'm not going to wait for this red light day? Or, I'm going to make this lane, this lane that goes one way, go both ways day. I saw that this morning. This is great. Take your Bibles. Turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. What is a believer to do in times like these? Listen to your God. Look at verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now, we're going to be looking more at more things in Psalm 37. 
We'll continue with it next week. But there are some things I want to lay down quickly. First, before we get there, take your notes out, please. If you don't have the note page, uh, raise your hand. Brad can get that out. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it big time. So, number one, in times like these, you need assurance. In times like these, you need assurance. Can I encourage you to do this? Check your salvation. Now, now, now wait a minute, preacher. No, no, no. I want you to go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, please. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, that was Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, now listen to that carefully. If you are not born again, if you truly have not trusted Christ from the heart, you will die, but you will not hear the trump of God. As Roger talked about, you'll hear the screams of the dead and dying in hell. Or maybe you'll just hear yourself. But the point is, you will not be in heaven. Look at verse 16, John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Watch this. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's why Christ came. My wife mentioned this last week. You know, I'm looking forward to Christmas. I am too. I'm looking forward to it too. Why? Not because of getting things. It's such a joy. I love Christmas music and how it gives praise to God. But Christmas is a reminder that God so loved the world. But folks, look at verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is what? Condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed, he hasn't put his faith and trust in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What what grieves me is there are people that have come in and out of this auditorium, in and out, in and out, in and out. They've heard the preaching of God's word. They have heard the call of the gospel. They got something up here, but they don't have it here. They don't have it here. There's something more I could say, but I want to save it for a later message. But there is a confusion about the subject of repentance I want to get to one day and one day soon. Bottom line, folks, 
when the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, there's none righteous, no, not one, for the wages of sin is death, that ought to prick your mind and your conscience to get you to realize, you know, sin isn't a good thing. But stopping sinning doesn't get you saved. Turning to Christ does. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life and then you sin, guess what? There is now the presence of God that begins to work in your heart and mind. Your life will change. To one degree or another, over time, your life will change. But I'm telling you right now, if you can sin and it does not bother you, if there are things that God has said in his word that you hear and it's, eh, you need to stop, take the time right now. I mean right now. You need assurance of your salvation. I can't save you. This church can't save you. Jesus Christ saves. So think about it. First, 2 Corinthians 13.5, Paul challenged the church at Corinth, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Look back into your life this last week. Because of how I lived, does it show that I'm a child of God? Not that you were perfect, my soul. I, I wasn't perfect. But when there's conviction, when you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and when there has been a growing desire of the things of God, you can praise God for that. But if there isn't, and there have been people just like that in this auditorium and have walked out and they've never come back, that grips my gut. In times like these, you need assurance. Please check your salvation. Now, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, say amen. amen. All right, let's go to the next point. In times like these, you need the Bible, just like the song says. You need the Bible. Folks, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. God's word prophesies the condition of the world and of professing Christianity. This is exactly what we see today. Listen to me. 2 Timothy 3, 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, and boy are they ever, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And by the way, can I make this statement? These, the, the nuances, the, the spirit, the aura of this that is prevalent in the world today, it's going to draw you. Now listen to me, please. It's going to draw you. You're never going to hear a commercial that says, 
you know, we're trying to sell you this product and maybe you don't need it. And I, I tell you what you need to do first. You need to pray about, um, need to pray about buying that. You're never going to hear that. You're never going to hear that. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There are buildings in America today that have crosses on the top and open doors in the front, but they left this book decades ago. Absolutely. Flee anything like that. If somebody gets up in the pulpit, smiles and says, something's good going to happen to you, this is the good thing. Split, beat it, scram, ixnay, retreat, vanish, go. Everything needs to be placed on this book because it's God's word. Amen? It's got to be. I'm fine. Second Peter 3, knowing this first, that in the last days shall, there, shall be, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own. I said I'm okay. I, I've got to, excuse me. I, I got to switch hands, you know, with this thing, something. But, but walking after their own lust and saying, and here it is, ha, where is the promise of his coming? You Christians, you're talking about that all the time. He's coming. He's coming. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Do you remember when you woke up? Those of you that are old enough to remember this, you remember when you woke up and all of a sudden you heard about a plane going into the World Trade Center? And I mean, from that time, you know, so many things changed. There's coming a time the world is going to wake up and it's going to make 9-11 look like a picnic. There's coming a time when the, like the earthquakes where we grew up, Don, you know, I, I mean, you, you talk about the world shaking. And I don't think it's going to be all that much down the road. Listen, take the time. Read your Bible. Jude 17. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there, there should be mockers in the last times who should walk after, again, their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, having sensual, having not the Spirit. They separate from true biblical brethren, from true biblical living, and they go after the silliest of things. Movements in churches, etc., well, we're going to talk about those things in a few weeks. In times like these, you need God's promises. In times like these, you need God's promises. Like the verse said, don't fret. Don't fret. Go back, if you would, to Psalm 37. 
I want to show you the first four verses. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Indeed, for they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. But instead, this is what we're going to be looking at next week. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Proverbs 24, 19. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. Isaiah 8. This is interesting. For the Lord spake thus, this is verse 11 out of Isaiah 8. For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people saying, say ye not a confederacy to all them by whom this people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. This was a situation where Israel was saying, oh man, there's tough times coming along. We need to have a confederacy with Assyria. Let me tell you something. There is one confederacy that we need. There is one binding that we need, and that's with him. There's not a political party on either side of the aisle that's going to save us. This nation needs the God of heaven, not a political candidate. And I'm not, ma- I'm not making that statement to poke at anybody. I'm, what I'm poking at is, is when we wind up getting foolish enough to think that somebody out here can do what only God can do. There is no confederacy. There's God, and he's the one we preach. Do it. So, again, we've got to be settled in some things. Hey, be settled in this. God is on the throne, and your times are in his hand. There's never a time God forgets. There's never a time God's asleep. There's never a time that God is absent-minded. God is on the throne, and you are in his hands. We are in his hands. Always. Jeremiah 10.10, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. When God shows up, oh my soul. Jeremiah 27.5, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm and hath given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. God, as we know from other scripture, he appoints, he rises, he raises kings, he brings them down. He is the true king maker, not any political party around here. I love what you read in Daniel, Daniel 2 Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. 
and he changeth the times and the seasons. Again, he removeth kings, setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Daniel 4, the king realized this. Verse 34, and at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Psalm 29.10, the Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. Do we understand this? Our God rules over all. Psalm 31, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. This was one of my mom's favorite verses. My times are in thy hand. It was written on a card next to her when she would be in the house and she's doing her artwork. My times are in thy hand. I'm so glad they are. Again, thy kingdom, Psalm 145, is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Romans 13, 1, there is no power but of God. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good. For who? To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, I'm flying through these verses. Don't let that get away. Look at it again. In times like these, you need a focus. Now, hear me out, please. In times like these, you need a focus. Can I encourage you to be a Bible student? If you're a Bible believer, Praise God, you've trusted Christ. Now that you're there, be a Bible student. Not just a Bible reader, but a Bible student because the Bible interprets itself. Psalm 1-2, and I'm not gonna go through all these verses. Psalm 1-2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written for therein. Why? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God. Study what? Scripture. Why? Because it's inspired by God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. What does that give me? That the man of God or woman, man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Here's another one. Test everything by God's word. Listen, listen, listen. Don't test it by how it makes you feel. Feelings change. Like I heard a preacher say one time, I don't feel saved until my second cup of coffee in the morning. 
Point is this, feelings change. And sometimes we can take feelings that we get and think, well, because I feel this way, well, that's got to be scripture. No, no. What does the Bible say? Don't put words into the mouth of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit take the word and put that in your heart. Test everything by God's word. Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were true. Quickly, focus on your heavenly citizenship. Focus on your heavenly citizenship. Fret not yourself because of unbelievers. The world's going to do what they do. You are safe if you've trusted Christ. If you know that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. You are in God's hand. Hey, listen, you're a citizen of heaven. Focus on that. Colossians 3 If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Yeah, but in heaven, there's not those things that I really love. My motorcycle's not up there. Ha, my truck's not up there. My house isn't up there. You know, my, my money's not up there. Praise God, none of it is. None of it is. We don't need it. We have him. You think people are miserable in heaven? But you know, sometimes there are some people that believe or they they live like that's exactly what's going on. Boy, they got to be so bored. I don't think so. I don't think so. Focus on your earthly home, though. Focus on your earthly home. Ephesians 5, 21, submitting yourselves, one another, in the fear of God. But then wives, if this applies to you, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, the church is subject unto Christ. By the way, we need to remember that. Some might be sitting here or in other churches looking at the pastor while he preaches and goes, Well, you know, he didn't make his point all that well. I don't think that's all that important. Meanwhile, the Lord is saying, that's my book. That's my book. And I wrote it for you. Listen up. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Boy, there, there's a command that <laughs> how many men would say, you know, I see that as a challenge. Yeah. Can it be done? Yeah. It's called surrender. Lord, help me. Focus on your church home. Focus on your church home. 1 Timothy 3.15, 
But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. This is not a place that you come just to hear some guy yammer from the Bible and then you go and you're just, you're away. This is a body of believers, a local body of believers. And God calls us together for a reason. I'm telling you this last Friday, there were many of us that got together talking about uh, what we're gonna be doing for the two minute warning. What a blessing. I'm looking around and I'm seeing God's faithful people. And it's like, wow, praise God. You know, I'm so glad for these. This church is going to get the opportunity every Sunday to pray for that meeting because we have heard testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony how people's lives have been changed because of that meeting. And I want everybody in this room to understand you've got a part. If you can go to the throne of grace, you can pray. And if you can pray, you can pray for things. You can pray, for, listen, we've got people that need help. We've got people that need the gospel. Folks, we are not static displays. We are living, breathing representatives of the King of Kings. Focus on your church home. And then lastly, this is not in your notes and this won't take long. But the Lord spoke to me this morning as I was having my devotions. I've told you this before. Um, you know, I read, I start out, the vast majority of times, I start out in my devotions and in, in the notes that I have with Psalm 63. It's just, I, I love it. I just, pew, Psalm 63, one. Oh God, thou art my God. And I've told you, I've spent hours on that. Can I give you this? Focus on your God. Focus on your God. But there was something that the Lord showed me. I have spent hours on observation. You know, just, boy, thinking he's my creator. I'm looking outside. He's holding things together right now. This universe would not exist if it wasn't for his great power. Wow, that's fascinating. I'm thinking about how he's led in my life. I'm thinking about, you know, his love for God so loved the world. You know, you get to thinking about that. And then the Lord said, you know what? It's not just an observation. You need to come with it as a declaration. God Thou art my God. You are my God. The things of this world, stuff that I, you know, the world comes along to try to get me to crave. I don't make it that. No, 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 no. God, you're my God. And by the way, how many of you, how many of you recognize that there are some things that are advertised or are seen that all of a sudden your heart's going, you know, 
I bet you I could afford the payment to get that. You ever notice, you know, they're not talking about the final price. They're talking about the payment. Can you afford? I was hearing a guy, I, I was getting my truck, the, the oil changed, and a guy's talking about how he's going to be buying uh, a Ram truck. Yeah. And he's talking about how his payment is going to be 800 and some odd dollars. That's a house payment. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's true. You know, I need to look at my God. And when I get up in the morning, I just declare, you know something, Lord? Thou art my God. Oh God, thou art my God. Today, my life will show that you, not the world, not my desires, not my flesh, you are my God. Focus on your God. Listen, fret not yourself because this world is going bananas. Don't fret. God is large and in charge. But the first thing you have to do, the very first thing you have to do is have assurance of your salvation. 